Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, Marcy. Hello, Dee. I uh, see we have Aunt Kathy and Michelle. Girl in the Ozarks. Hey, more people are coming in. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. It's been so long since we did this. <laughs> I feel so like long. way too a fish, long. A fish out of water right now. So we're going to go ahead and because we have quite a few um, new subscribers and if y'all are joining us on the live for the first time, let us know. We're going to go ahead and run our intro and y'all can kind of get a feel for what we talk about on the show other than the new documentary. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Umbrella Rebellion. I'm Marcy. And I'm Dee. We are finding healing after leaving a cult. We will be discussing abuse and personal experience with the ATI, IBLP, and fundamental churches. Trigger warning. This podcast may contain descriptions of various forms of abuse. Please take care for your safety and well-being while you are listening. If the content becomes too much for you to handle, please turn this off. We hope to expose harmful teachings that lead to and justify abuse. With the hope that those that are experiencing abuse can find support and escape from it. All righty. So we are back in this thing. <laughs> like how long? Yeah. I think it's been like eight months yeah. since we've done anything. It has been insane. Eight? Really? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Life happens. Life happens. There's been a lot of things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Hard and good. Yeah. Yep. So um, I put out a video. Um a couple days ago, I don't know, whenever it was that I was having some health issues. Um, today I feel really good. Um, my pain has finally gotten on the downward spiral. So, um, I'm hoping it stays that way, but I'm like being very careful about what I do. Um, so I found out that I have both hips have impingement, which is basically muscles are being pinched by bones. So, um, that was part of all of the pain I was having. It sent me to the ER last week. That's why we weren't able to do a live. Um, mm -hmm. And when I went to the ER, they gave, they're like, what have you done? I'm like, mm -hmm. I've done soaked in a hot tub. I've done ice. I've done muscle relaxers. I did NSAIDs. I did Tylenol. I did, you know, and they're like, okay, let's get you some morphine. <laughs> like, <Nice>. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is exactly what I need. Give me the drug. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. And it was so bad. The first dose like made it tolerable, but the pain wasn't gone. And I'm like, morphine does and that. Like, well, mm -hmm. I know. And I was like, man, that's, that's some intense pain when morphine just like makes it yes. tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it takes a yes, while to get that, that like build up in your system. Yeah. So it yeah. just takes so time. They, it's terrible. <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. And so they did wind up giving me a second dose and then I just crashed. And then yeah. one of the Your meds that tired. they, um, I think my body was just like, we're done. We, we cannot go anymore. We're mm -hmm. done. And so one mm -hmm. of the medications that they gave me to help with the, you know, muscle pain and everything was Lyrica that mm -hmm. sent me to the hospital the first time. Um, cause I had like incontrollable contractions. And so that muscle that was being pulled and everything was contracting on top of it. And I could not 
relax any of my muscles. Oh. And so I was just, I was in the ER on the gurney in the hallway because they had no rooms left. And I'm just grabbing on to the side rails and just going, Oh, <laughs> that's all I could do. It was like worse than it was worse than labor. Like, yeah. So that, bad. And that's bad. <laughs> that's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then another medicine they gave me dropped my blood pressure. I, I have normally like high blood pressure, but like not too, too high, but like kind of on the high end. And I was like 96 over 68 or 64 or something like that. So, and I usually run like 130 over 90 something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your body was like, what is going on? <laughs> so I like slept for two days. It was, yeah. it was intense. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to survive. <laughs> so trauma and stress. Trauma and stress. Trauma will do that to you. It comes back to bite you in the butt a long time away from the Literally. Mm -hmm. And you've had some trauma recently too. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Your body just said, can't do it anymore. No. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I go back to the pain doctor and he kind of wants to feel out whether this might be fibromyalgia. I'm not sure. It's, it's all like my pain never goes away whenever I get an injury and like, I constantly deal with it. And so like my shoulder, I had shoulder surgery seven years ago, still haven't gotten relief from that. Um, okay. It's different pain. So it's, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know a whole lot about fibromyalgia other than it's a lot of pain that really can't be explained, yeah. but all of my pain is associated with an or injury something. or something. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. Who knows? But you know, I, I did at least wash my hair for y'all, but I was like, I do not have the energy to put makeup on. So you get what you get. <laughs> well, I, I do not have washed hair, but I have makeup on. So I, I look presentable, even if I don't smell nice, but you can't smell me. So it's fun. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to wake up. So, you know, yeah. I was so, literally putting children to bed right before this started. So I'm like, yeah. Here's a book. Here's your light. Shh. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> All right. So it's been a while. Yes. Um, if you're new here, let us know because, uh, uh, there's been quite a few people that have found our channel because of the docu-series and we're so mm -hmm. excited to be here. Uh, mm -hmm. We look forward to talking to you. Let us know if you are a fellow ex-IBL peer, uh, fellow ex-culter, um, mm -hmm. if you've escaped it, if you're still in it, if you're just curious and you're nosy and you want to know all the things. Yes. <laughs> yes. We welcome all of the input. And I'm sorry if I yawn. I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And I didn't do an update. I was supposed to record a video, but I did not because I haven't had time. Um, but to give you a quick update on me yes. um, while we're waiting for people to come on. Um, so lots of big things have happened in the last few months. Um, I expanded my daycare business. So I have more kids. I have staff now. That took a lot. I'm still in the midst of that. And then I got married. And so that was a fast thing, but I got married in March. So here's the ring. 
he bought me an R2D2 ring. I love <laughs> it. Nerdy, I love it. Nerdy wedding. I've had a lightsaber bouquet and all the all the nerdy stuff. So um so we've expanded family that way too. So um I have two um new kids in the household. And um just a bunch of you know life changes like that. So I took a dream trip to Disney World with my girls. I'd been planning that for years and years and years and finally got that to happen. And so that was fun. Um, surprised them and took them. So um, that was a big, big thing that I dreamed about for a long time. So just lots of stuff. Lots of that stuff. is wonderful. I was so mm -hmm. happy to see that dream come true for you because I really <laughs> know how much you have like longed for that. Um, mm -hmm. I could take Disney, you know, I whatever. Yeah, I'm just I'm not I don't have the energy for Disney. Yes, it was a solo trip with just me and my girls, which was really good because oh, good. Um, we planned it before we got married and everything. And so then uh, and so I just decided to take them myself. And it, it was good because we had had so much transition and such fast transition over the past past few months. It was good bonding time for them. And I um, and he's not big on Disney either like you, Dee, so so worked out and i'm i'm a huge disney fan a huge disney fan i can sing all the songs so we we just got to do all the princess things and oh did we lose you so it was fun oh. can you hear me yeah you okay. froze up for a second on my end i don't know uh -oh. okay so you did all the princess things up. yes so we did all the princess things we met we did the princess dinner and met all the princesses and we did um like a another meet and greet thing that they did together and they did the bibbidi bobbidi boo boutique so they got to be princesses themselves you know and get their hair done and get the pretty dresses and uh that was that was a god thing at the last minute because we weren't able to get in and we got in midweek so we were already there when the openings came up and for two kids unheard of one might have been yeah. you know but two, two was just unheard of. So that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, travel agent. <laughs> She's she was awesome hey, to get us that. She that is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay, so we have a few um, girl yeah. in the Ozarks. He she just found us um, a few weeks ago and have watched a few vid videos so far. I cannot speak. Blah, blah, blah. Going to watch them all. Yay! Thank you so Yay. much. Yeah. Every. Every video y'all watch helps us feed the algorithm to get our um, channel more views and out there more and make sure get you like and down. comment on all of them and feed that little algorithm. And mm -hmm. then Becky Anderson, ex-IBLP, haven't watched the doc yet, but curious. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of the doc, mm -hmm. um, I would say that number one, episode two was the hardest for me. Um, that's the one I got stuck on. I haven't got past two because I went to bed so agitated and angry. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so tips for watching the docuseries. Number one, have someone to talk to after you watch that mm -hmm. is a safe person to maybe just talk about how it affected you at the very least and check in with them. So they can make sure that you're okay. Yes. Um, if you can watch it with somebody um, who is a supportive of you, I would highly suggest that just because you may need a hug in the middle of it. Yeah. So I just went like, Ugh! and Ugh! <laughs> the whole time it just grunted and groaned. And it was like, 
every time I saw an umbrella. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Also, oh, that's so dramatic. Part me so angry, like to my husband that was watching with me, <laughs> and he's just like, uh huh, uh huh, <laughs> just listening and being supportive. Yeah. So, yes. um, I, um, I watched it with the first two episodes. I watched with my oldest and my youngest son, and mm-hmm. my husband. And what at one point I looked over at episode two, I looked over at my husband. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I'm just disgusted. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. 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 Reasonable. Yep. Mm-hmm. My, my husband has seen all of our episodes and knows um, of uh, ATI and IVLP from us and this show. And um, he, he also said the same thing. I am just disgusted by what I'm hearing. Um, that, yeah. That, took place which yeah he said it was hard for him to listen to because you know it happened to a loved one of his and so he said it's hard for me to hear it Mm -hmm. yeah you know i mean and it's just sometimes it's like i wonder how did our parents not see it like are we just seeing how bad it is because we experienced it you know Mm -hmm. i just sometimes i just wonder Mm -hmm. like you felt like in the show, just speaking of the show and that point there, right there that you're making, um, that some of them said, we understand why our parents would have been pulled into this because there was yeah. safety promised. And some of them were saying our parents were totally on board with this and were very abusive. So it was, I felt like they had a good balance of parents that just got into it for safety reasons or or were deceived with it. And also ones that played into it because that was their narcissistic or, or right abusive bent um or strict bent and that is true of the program where you can get both extremes um Mm -hmm. so some parents i mean that one of the guys i think in the in the series says it made every father into a cult leader and Mm -hmm. you know um i think that some of them might have enjoyed that and i think some of them didn't realize what they were doing and um, i felt like my family probably didn't realize what they were doing um with that but it it, you know, it gave a good both-sided thing. I felt like at least up to the second one that I saw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know like for some of the, you know, older people who have had joined it, like, you know, I mean, I was an adult when I joined, but I was, you know, searching for approval of my parents who were also in it. So that was a factor, yeah. Um, you know, but, like that safety thing and you know people of our parents generation having going through so much trauma in their life and um Mm -hmm. you know there was you know a lot of people who experienced abuse before they got to iblp and it promised them safety and that their kids would not experience the abuse that they did right so Mm -hmm. and then they wound up doing exactly what they were trying not to do yeah that is true that is true. I don't think it, it, um, I don't think that that realization in any way frees them from the responsibility of what they did. No parents, no. um, or not seeing the truth later or continuing to be in support of IVLP and saying, well, there were, were some good parts because Ooh, the truth is coming out. It drives me nuts. Um, so I don't, I'm not in any way shape giving them a pass, but no, no, but just being yeah. able to understand how mm-hmm. as a human being, you can be led astray yes. 
and exactly having empathy and co- compassion for them, especially if they're renouncing it and mm-hmm. apologizing like that, you know, my, my parents, I have kind of twofold, you know, experience with that. My mom was very apologetic. Once she realized what she did, she made steps to turn herself around and purposely change our relationships. Um, mm-hmm. My dad till just recently was saying, well, we had good intentions. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. intentions don't negate the harm. So yeah. um, Michelle said that her best friend watched the Duggars on TV, but until her didn't know much about IBLP, but her friend is seeing all the connections between IBLP and current evangelicism. Yes. It's so permeated into all of, mm-hmm. I think, the invalid, inva- hmm, can't talk. evangelical. Thank you. <laughs> um, different denominations. And I was, I was listening to somebody and they're like, you know, a, a lot of people confuse IBLP as a, as the cult, as a church. And it's not a church, you know? Um, and the fact that, you know, certain denominations may or may not I have a kid. Yes. Hey, I'm going to say <laughs> hi. 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 Okay. You got to go back to bed. Sweets. I'm online. Okay. Lots of people are watching. I got to go. Okay. Go we'll get back to bed. You can take a, you can take a book. Do you want gummies? Okay. Give me one moment. Yep. Yep. You're good. So, um, I forgot what I was talking about. I'll just read some comments then. (laughs) Hey, Ashley. It has been a while. Life has been crazy. Uh, my mom liked wearing pants and my dad likes his much and we were very poor so we could only go to a limited number of conferences seeing now how much worse it could have been yes yes so i guess your dad's mustache and your mom's pants saved you oh so ashley was uh, sharing sharing how her dad's mustache and her pa- her uh, mom's love of pants saved her from getting too deep in it <laughs> True. I remember the mustache being a deal because my dad has never not had a mustache. I've never, like the only picture I've ever seen of him without one was in his high school picture on my grandma's wall. So yeah, that was a big deal for them because they were going to ask him to ask him to shave it. and He wouldn't do it, but it didn't keep him from getting into this. (laughs) Girl in the Ozarks watched the Duggar show for a while. Didn't grow up in IVOP, but in a strict invalid evangelical environment with similarities and i did have some friends that had some experiences with it yeah so mm-hmm. i mean it's it was so like all of the churches like people would go to a conference and then bring the the basic back to the church to watch on video or whatever i think my parents did that at their church mm-hmm. and so it just kind of permeated every part of evangelicalism and um the the thing okay so in our intro, I have a video of Peter S. Ruckman. So when I left, um, no, before I went to headquarters, I had gone, I was stationed at uh, Tyndall in, in Panama City, Florida. Um, I was in the Air Force previously. And so I got kind of connected with the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church through his, like, following right like so the church that i went to was associated with his church and they Mm -hmm. you know promoted him and his you know stuff so i went to his church a couple of times 
And the differences between Bill Gothard and Peter S. Ruckman are Bill Gothard was covert. Peter S. Ruckman was in your face. You knew exactly what he believed. He was very loud with his misogyny and racism where Bill Gothard was very subtle with it yeah. and snuck it in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, my parents say that they chose IBLP because my oldest brother and sister wanted to, but also my parents still believe the teachings and innocence. Oh, God. I don't oh, know how. It, off. <laughs> it was my kid's fault. They're children. Yeah. And also they let their 14 uh-huh. year old make yeah. that decision for their whole family. Odd. Yeah. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. No, ultimately, yeah. if you follow, if you still follow the teachings, your dad is the head of the household, right? So, regardless of who you know came to him and wanted to join something, it was ultimately his decision. So mm-hmm. you can't do that, right? Blame shifting, absolutely, yeah. all the time, all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. classic BG, you know. Oh, I was. It is. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. I wasn't being inappropriate. I was just being like a grandfather. Well, yeah, a dirty, pervy grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, (laughs) hi, son. (laughs) My my little one is uh is watching. So little Ali Gamer is my 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 youngest. So. Uh um, Yep. I noticed sister. My sister popped on too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um so let's see um yeah there's been a lot of stuff in like the survivor groups that i've been mm-hmm. kind of watching i wanted to see you know like what people were talking about if you know a lot of people are saying yes this is you know this is great you know i'm so glad that they did this i'm so glad it was about more like there was a balance between it being about the duggers and being about mm-hmm. the IBLP, basically, you know, this is why the Duggars are who they are and what they did because mm-hmm. of the IBLP and then expose the IBLP um, teachings. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really I really like the balance of that and also like interspersing um, survivors, you know, interjection like their, uh, you know, their interviews into like what they were talking about at the time, you know, so it was just really well, I think laid out and it, it flowed very well in my opinion. Yeah. I, I appreciated the history they gave too, because if you don't have the history, you don't understand how it grew to be so big and how the teachings grew to be so um, covert in their, in their lies and, and why so many people would flock to ATI. If you didn't know about IBLP before, you wouldn't know why they had such a pull because they already had the audience to pull from to to make ATI happen like the Duggars happen. Um, they already had people hooked. And so, um, and that seminar, quote unquote, helped them um, understand life a little bit better. And so they thought, hey, next step, this is perfect. We'll just teach our kids in it, which is what happened with my parents. Um, so they that was, my mom had gotten into the IBLP thing and then then that was the next step. And it just so happened to be right about the time I was going into school. And so it just pulled us right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the things that I see like people 
having issue with, right? Is they they are seeing it as this documentary is trying to bash all homeschooling, right? And yeah. it really, to me, I guess just because I know the stories, I know what ATI is, to me, it really didn't feel like that. It, me- it felt like they were trying to say ATI homeschooling was insufficient, you know, yes. and a yes. lot of people had educational neglect because mm-hmm. they use solely ATI as their homeschool curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. They did. And there was prevalent, but some parents did add curriculum to it, it, but it was still, I still think it was insufficient even with added curriculum, but that was really up to the family. So I saw Mm -hmm. it in all different levels with the people that I knew. Um, Some were very well educated and some were, were, um, couldn't even hardly read. We had a few people at headquarters that kids that they brought in younger than 15 that mm-hmm. um that they were that were um what did we call them encouragement cases um yeah and so that and they were actually teaching them at headquarters so they were doing score but they were also required to serve so these poor kids were never getting any sleep because they were trying to do school and serve the ministry at the same time and so um you can't you can't ask a 14 year old to do school and a work in the kitchen all day you you can't i mean that's that's gotta be against the law somewhere. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, I'm sure, right? And like I was these kids couldn't couldn't do it. They they were not up to speed on their grade level. They couldn't hardly read. They, you know, it it was bad. It was really bad. It was. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was at headquarters, I was working in the kitchen and there was a young girl there and mm-hmm. she would go get tutored in the morning and then she was supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, come in the kitchen. And yeah. a couple of times she was like, she didn't show up or, you know, and I'm like, you know, I was like, well, you know, the work ethic, you know, I was fresh out of the military and I'm like, she doesn't have the work ethic. And, you know, the person who was in charge of the the kitchen, she's like, she's 14. And like, mm-hmm. she had a better understanding of, I mean, mm-hmm. I was fresh into the, you know, whole mm-hmm. thing. So I didn't understand the demands of, of yes. headquarters and, you know, looking back at it now, I was like, wow, I was an asshole. Uh, <laughs> you know? But you didn't, under- you didn't know. It was, it would have been really- hard to understand anything about headquarters when you were first there. I didn't have a good ans- understanding of it until I was at least six months in. And even then it took a full year for me to realize the true um, setup of it. Right. Because it's just like, everybody's doing it. So it's just widely Mm -hmm. accepted. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, you go in thinking that you're going to be doing something good for the world, essentially, because he, at that point, when we were there, he was in multiple countries having ministries, you know, whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think, I honestly think that if he wouldn't have tried to branch out so fast, so quick to, you know, all parts of the earth that he may have had to, he may have kept it together a little bit longer. So I'm kind of glad he didn't, but like, he just wanted to like, I don't know, he, in my mind, it's like a dictator. (laughs) I see a dictator (laughs) who wants to take over the world, but for Jesus, supposedly. Yes. 
Yes. And I also wonder, it has crossed my mind. So if you have um, a group of people that have started in his program at five or six years old, or even a little bit older than that, and we all, that's the time I got to headquarters would have been when I was graduating out of high school. So he had gotten to the point where all of his original converts were coming to adulthood in his program and then they go and serve and then they see the dark side. And so then people start leaving because they start seeing what is actually happening. And so I think that he also lost people that way where he he had trained them up and then, oh my goodness, they went out to the world and said, oh, the world doesn't actually work this way. Right. And then, you know, and then that uh, started an exodus there too, but I'll agree that I think they branched too fast, but that was very typical of of, a, IBLP and, and Bill Gothard, um, he always did half-assed things. I mean, excuse my language, but he did. And um, that it was always not well done. It was always by the skin of our teeth. Um, and it was always run by young people who didn't have any experience. And so right. we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. And yet we had 40 people, you know, come for this new program that was started, that had been started three months before. And, you know, and and parents were signing on. So, and that was very typical of all the programs. So yeah, baptism by fire and hope it yeah. goes well. And then it crashes and burns mm-hmm. and doesn't work. Or you just yeah. kick, kick people out until you find yeah. somebody that can make it work. Right. Yes. Yes. That's exactly mm. what happens. Yeah. The programs die pretty quickly. Usually. Oh yeah. What is it? Um, I never Ashley said homeschooling needs to be more regulated though. Keeping kids home has direct roots in racism. White families started homeschooling when public schools were desegregated. Regulation is long overdue. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I history. think. There... Go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you go ahead. I was, I was going to say that was a piece of history. I didn't know about homeschooling. That was new information to me. Yeah, I I always thought it was more of like when the Bible became like when the Bible was taken out of school. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. people wanted to be able to share you know their faith with their kids. So um, mm-hmm. Michelle says I never made that connection, Ashley, but I'm a Canadian, so it's a bit different here. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my family supplemented resources, but not nearly enough. I have friends who had worse education though. It was really sad to see them struggle. I know it's the ones that didn't like my parents were really about education. So they definitely supplemented, you know, mm-hmm. the, the curriculum, you know, Saxon math. And my, my brother went, I think through the CC or whatever. And he did the, um, what was that? Um, my sister went through CC and then he did the speech and debate, which was basically the downfall of him like continuing <laughs> on that yeah. level because he, he learned how to think for himself and argue his yeah. point. And then he would come home and he would just like poke the bear and like start a conversation and then get my parents all riled up. And I think he just did it for amusement. It was, it was yeah. very stressful, but funny at the same time. <laughs> my family supplemented. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did too. We used sex and math and mom supplemented a lot. But by the time I got to high school, too many kids, she was just handing me the books and said, make your own lesson plan and do it. And then check your work and then bring it to me. And then was like, why aren't you doing well in math? I don't know. Nobody's teaching me. <laughs> right? Like I'm supposed to be able to teach myself. Okay. Yeah, I, read, I read the book. The book didn't explain it well enough. And now I don't know. I could have never done math on my own. Hi, thank you so much. Yes. Oh. Uh, 
all these strong, amazing women in our chat too. Love mm -hmm. it. Oh, so, um, so let's, let's discuss the, the, the docu-series. I mean, like, I'm trying to think what was, so episode one was kind of like a light introduction into like the history. Um, and then this, the episode two was the hardest man. And, you know, I was surprised to see that, um, it was Jill, right? Jill Duggar was, was on it. Um, I really liked hearing her story from her point mm -hmm. of view because I know she's been forced to say things that she, you know, didn't want to. I'm sure um, she kind of shared about that on the the whole Megan Kelly aspect of it, of mm -hmm. feeling like even if it, I don't know that she was forced, but feeling like it was her responsibility to do it, which is essentially being forced because you're just ingrained in your in your teaching from the IBLP that you know, you have to take responsibility for even abuse that happens to you. Right. So yes, Jill, I agree, Michelle, Jill was so brave. So I am brave. Like so, so mm -hmm. proud of her and to see her husband sitting beside her and helping her through that was just a blessing to see. Um, you know, I've seen different people cover them and they've got all kinds of opinions about them, but I'm like, these are wounded people. They're not very, very wounded. They're not, they, they never had an opportunity to grow up into a normal adult being, right? Um, so they are behind the curve and a lot of us survivors were when we left. Like, I mean, huh? I had been a full adult, so I had a lot of skills that some of my peers didn't have. Um, and, and I did see a lot of that, like, wow, y'all don't know how to do that. Okay. Wow. Y'all mm -hmm. don't, don't know about that. Okay. Like it was just really like, I expected everybody to be sheltered because of the beliefs, but the amount, um, of sheltered that I experienced was just mind boggling to me, but obviously it didn't grow up in it. So, you know, um, like my sister was, you know, having her teenage rebellion at 19, instead of, you know, 15 to 16, you know? <laughs> um, and I have a cousin, um, who's 24, who is just now trying to figure out life and she's uh -huh. way behind the curve of growing up and being an adult. So it's very repressive. So my son had said on their interviews, they were basically forced to support IBLP and its methods from what I saw. Glad they could express their true thoughts while on the show. Thank you, bud. Yes. That is yes. very good insight. I so. think that's what I fell asleep to after that because I only watched till the second one. But at the end of the second one, when I got off, when it ended and I was trying to go to sleep, I was like, okay, so if I am feeling this agitated from just watching it and if it drug up all these things that I thought that I had dealt with but it must have just been buried in a deep dark hole and now I'm having these feelings come back up again can you imagine what it would be like to sit in front of cameras and share yeah. in front of hundreds of millions of people whoever wanted to watch how much courage that took for each person that went on that show and Absolutely. that's what I fell asleep to was Oh my gosh, these people are so brave. They're so courageous. They were, I mean, they even showed a little bit at the beginning that they were, they were expressing overwhelm at it. And yeah, that 
that's the very definition of bravery or courage is that you're shaking in your boots to do this thing, but you still do it, which just tells you how important they think that this message is that if they're willing to go through that much pain and that much fear to share on a show, then it's important. (laughs) Right. It gave me courage too to come on here and say, Yeah, this is scary to it's scary to have all this drug back up again. It's it's hard to talk Mm -hmm. about it. I have to um de-stress of even after each of our recordings or shows because it brings up things, but that was 10 times worse. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um yeah, that 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 takes an incredible amount of courage. Mm -hmm. Very yeah, I mean, and and to know that, I mean, I know her and her family have been kind of, mm-hmm. you know, at odds or whatever, but to know that mm-hmm. this is going to be the nail in the coffin yes. of whatever relationship, yes. and she's probably losing relationships with her siblings, you know, that she basically raised. Yeah. Yeah. You know, her assigned, um, her assigned babies. Mm-hmm. What's that? Her assigned babies because they assigned yeah. babies to each one of them. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, it's so heartbreaking to see and, and, and for people to not see the destruction that this mm-hmm. causes families because one person disagrees and then you're cut off like that alone should tell you that this teaching is damaging, mm-hmm. Yeah, that it shouldn't and- break up families. Yeah. Yeah. I know that when I was coming out of it, that was a thing that was told to me that my, uh, that I would lose my siblings or that I would be the cause of their downfall and that it would be all my fault. And because I had helped raise them or because I was very involved in their upbringing, that was a very scary thing. So fortunately all of them have come out of it (laughs) and that didn't happen. And in fact, I think that we are all much closer knit and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, far more supportive of one another because of it. Um, we, we form a, happen with every family. Mm -hmm. You froze up for a second. Well, you you said that y'all were closer cause. Yeah, we're real close. And, and that that doesn't happen with every family. They, the Mm -hmm. relationships are lost, especially if the children are very young. Mine were able to grow up and grow out of it. If the, if there is such a difference of age, then you would lose so much time with them that you wouldn't be able to get that relationship back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like for me, my, my brother is nine years younger than, than me. And there was a lot of space between us. Um, just being able to relate. I mean, he had a completely different childhood than I did, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. he was raised completely different. And even so my younger sister who is existent because of IBLP, and, um, you know, that was one of the things I had to stop and pause when they showed the, uh, reversal babies on the stage. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's, that's your aunt knows <laughs> she's yes. a reversal baby. I, she was on that stage. <laughs> yes. I was, I was saying that to my husband. Too. I was like, those are reversal babies. That, that was, that was a thing. And then I had to stop it and like explain, or maybe not stop it, but explain it while it was playing. This is what this is. And this is what happened. And Yeah. And I was yeah, there. I, had to, I was there at that one. I watched those people walk across straits. I was there. <laughs> I don't remember what year that. I mean, I was. I don't think they had a year on it, but I. I mean, I was only there at one of the. Um, it. I don't remember. It was like ninety seven, ninety eight. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they had it almost, uh, they had it every year there for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to read some of the comments. Um, Michelle said she had her teenage rebellion at 34. Oh, yes. I was 24. Hey. <laughs> so yeah. 24 yeah. seems like a, a, a very common age that people are like, I guess, you know, your brain does like fully form at 25. So that's, you know, probably why. Um, the well, they say also as you go ahead. Oh, uh, well, as she says, seriously, seriously, that's why they're so brave. Yes. Um, what I was going to say was they say that um, if as you're healing your inner child, too, then you can also hit healing your inner teenager once you get through that childhood thing. And then yeah. then you're then you're, you know, have some of those same symptoms, which I laughed because I I saw that in me, too, what as I was going through healing. <laughs> so even though I got out when I was 24 and there was some rebellion there, there was a lot of rebellion, you know, like things like that later. <laughs> too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then kind of a resurgence of that after you got yes. divorced. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. And that was sheer survival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And finding myself. I didn't get to fully find myself until after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ashley says definitely behind the curve divorced the abusive jerk at 25, went through teenage years from 25 to 28, met love of my life at 30. Oh, congratulations. Having first baby at 40 after being a uh, parent to fide, wasn't sure about babies. I completely understand that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Well, congratulations on the baby. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited for you. As triggering as, triggering as it all has been, it's given me the courage to write a book. Awesome. I cannot Yay, wait. Go for it. That is awesome. I feel like that currently not sure who in my family I'll be able to keep at the end of it all. And that's the thing yeah. though. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's not worth your own peace to keep people that, you know, were chosen for you. <laughs> um to be your family and you know a lot of my closest people are not actually related to me um you know like i've i feel like marcy's part of my family you know so you know i have a lot of really good friends who i would consider sisters or brothers or you know um very good close you know people because they're safe and family is not family is not always blood mm -mm. It's not. And you never know what might happen down the road. And right. Time heals a lot of things too. So mm -hmm. uh, not always, but sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes you get to just have peace and you may agree to disagree. I mean, it may get to that point. It may never, you know, it just every family is different. And some parents are like, they don't want to look in the mirror and admit that they did wrong. Because mm -hmm. then they have to acknowledge that they abused their children. Yeah. And that is a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah. So I can understand why they want to stick their head in the sand. But also, like, when it's very in front of your face and you, you just continue to deny it, it's just like, come on. Come on. Wake up. Ugh. Yeah. It's certainly changed my parenting style because of it. They have... 
I feel like they had the reversal thing every year in a whole choir once or twice. Yes. Yeah. I think they did. Um, Reversal, it grew. So as it became Mm -hmm. a more of a thing, they did it uh, just like maybe every other year for a little bit. And then um, it was such a push for the reversal. It became such a big deal that then they started doing it every year and they did the choir every year too. Well, once the babies got old enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ashley says she lost three brothers, got to keep one, and he's amazing. Haven't talked to parents in two and a half years. Not sure I ever will, but we are happy, and that's what matters. We have an amazing family of people we choose. Chose. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, D, you know I didn't have my family to talk to while watching Shiny Happy People. I'll talk to you, though. So thankful for my Umbrella Rebellion family. Absolutely. 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 If you have no one else to talk to you know, message us. If we're available, we'll be there for you. So, yeah. um, just to be able to say, God, that was heavy, you know? Yes, it was, yes, it was, <laughs> it was, it was. Yes. And talk to us and other things. If other th- if you're going through other things, you know, let us, let us talk to you. I've already, I've talked to several people like that, that messaged yeah. and said that was hard or, you know, whatever. If somebody or I'm going through this and such and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and if our stories or our experience can help you, please talk to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why we want to be here is to create a safe place for us to talk about these things, for us to be able to process the um, triggers and the things that came up, especially with this documentary. It's, it's a lot of people are saying, I thought I was healed from this but this uh-huh. this docuseries brought up so much uh-huh. and yeah and yeah i mean it did for me too um you know and and like marcy said when we do these episodes sometimes it's very heavy emotionally and you know reliving what you went through can be really really hard but it can uh-huh. also be healing and i and i yeah. have found that through this podcast and through people being positively impacted by our podcast that I have gained more healing. And I mm-hmm. honestly think that the docu-series has, I think it's done more healing than it's done harm. And, and yes, it's brought some stuff up, but it's also stuff that we didn't realize we haven't fully processed. Yes. So it kind of needed to come up. Yeah, it did. It didn't, didn't hurt to open that and air out that particular closet you closed. And even but if you also, don't realize you got it. Yeah, but also it is okay if you don't watch it. Like, yeah, do not yeah. if you don't so feel hard. like you can handle it. It's really okay if you don't watch it because I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting to see his face as much and hear his voice as much, and that was really hard. Yeah, so that or the um or the the Duggar's mom's voice because mm. that curated they talk about her curated softness. Okay, that sent me over the edge. And I don't know why that triggered me so badly, but it is true. It was curated. There were many that that was encouraged, that that's the way people spoke. Um, Most of, like, there were certain ones that did that all the time. And I can't tell you how scary that kind of voice is to me because it, it triggers in me danger (laughs) i'm being manipulated or i'm being you know there there's there's a lie behind this or whatever that was that was one of the things in the series that triggered me when i don't remember which one it was but one of them one of the survivors that were sharing was saying how she infantilized her voice 
And I was like, that shook me. Mm-hmm. And I me was too. like, that is why it bothers me so much because she's acting like a little girl mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. her husband mm-hmm. and her children and trying to pass it off as meek and quiet. And I'm just, it shook me. I was like, oh my God, there's even more that I didn't even realize in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Or that adoring, adoring, submissive look that she gives her husband all the time in every single video. Did you notice that too? Because that, oh my I gosh. I wanted to smack her. I was just like, stop it. Stop it. Yes. Your mom talks just like her. Yes. There are many women that did. And, and, and oh my gosh, whole flood of memories. <laughs> I don't think it was worth all the emotional scars that ex-IBLP members got from their experiences. Uh, the the docu series, bud, or um, watching it, or the organization itself, because yeah, the organization was not worth it. No. So, um, say, let's see. Um, okay, but I know a ton of women who speak like that in churches who are not connected to IBLP at all. So that's how deep the indoctrination goes. I mean, I think yes. you know, it's just that mm-hmm. patriarchy, you know. Mm-hmm submissive thing and the meek and quiet thing that's constantly pushed in the churches um and they think they're doing it um from the experiences inside the organizations yeah i mean it was very damaging to a lot of people and you know um there may have been some people who got help from it but i think it was people who were barely in it mm-hmm. you know like just mm-hmm. skimmed the surface of it it wasn't people mm-hmm. who were deep in it so, no, not fully indoctrinated. Adoring Jesus. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, I want to have a deep voice and talk like this <laughs> to make my point that I'm not going to be like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, rebe- the rebel in me. <laughs> what you do, I, I, I want to do opposite. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's referring to the the. It'll be worth it all. Him. Yes. Oh, oh my god. No, it was, it was not, not worth, worth it. All. it. Oh yeah. man, you know what will be worth it? Us telling our stories. That'll yes. be worth it in the end. Yes. So all, all that struggle of telling stories, all their struggle of ter- telling the story on the series, oh, yeah. it will be worth it. There will be yeah. healing from it. And there will maybe, maybe there will be some freedom given to some other people who are not yet out of it or were on the edge and just needed that little push over the edge. Um, that's what it took for me to get out was that little push over the edge. You just, just to, you got to have that last push to, to know that you're ready to make the jump. Um, same with abuse. Like if, if you're with an abusive partner or whatever, there, there comes a moment where something happens and you say, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I, I cannot do this anymore. And then you're ready to make this step, no matter what it takes, what, how, no matter how scary it is to take that jump, to get out, there is a moment there. And I, maybe this will be that moment for some people. I hope so. I hope so. Because I know there's people suffering still to this day mm-hmm. because of that organization. It may not, it may be a lot less people, but even one person suffering is too many anymore yeah i mean there's 
And the thing I love is that he's like, well, I, he, his response to this whole thing, you know, was like, you know, I helped millions of people. Well, I'm one of the millions and you hurt me. You know, Marcy's one of the millions, all of our, you know, people who are in here that were under the teaching, they were part of the millions. And guess what? When you raise up a million and then you harm them, they come back and they bite you in the ass. So get ready because all of it's coming out, Bill. All of it's coming out. And I hope no to, way to God you live long enough to watch it burn to the ground. Yes. Yeah. He will have a lot to answer for. I would like to be a fly on the wall when that happens. <laughs> oh, he will never admit it. He will never admit well, no. it. I mean, no. And even if he does, the people who are posting for him won't say it. No. Oh, no. I meant more in reference with like heavenly realm oh. taking oh. him to task. Just, yeah, I kind of would. I, I almost want to be there at, yes, at the judgment of Bill Gothard. That'd be nice. Um, so how old is he? I think he's like 86. Yeah, he's uh, in his uh, probably, I don't know, late 80s, I would guess, mid to late 80s, something like that. I forget now. I can never keep track of it. We had a birthday party for him every year at headquarters, um, but I don't remember now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's it's 80s, definitely because he was in his 60s yeah. when I was there. And that's, you know, what, yeah. 20 years ago. So, yeah, um, yeah. he's got to be in his 80s. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I, I can't believe he's still kicking, but I'm kind of glad he is so he can watch it all burn. <laughs> yeah. If he's even watching it, you know, you know, I don't know. There were some comments yeah. online. There were some comments online. So, I you know, he's got to have something. I, I was mean, reading when some has people he... were taking quotes from him and putting them online or they were answering for him like they were feeding it in from him or something like that. I don't I couldn't understand. Right. Like, I think on. he has an assistant that posts on his Facebook page or what in his Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I That's don't know what if I it's actually thinking. his words or if it's their words mm -hmm. and they're, you know, he could be senile and, you know, bedridden for all we know. But <laughs> yes. um, some of the language does seem like it's him, though. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Some of the comments sounded like it was being said for him. And, and some of the comments, I was like, oh, that sounds like Gothard's speech. Like they must be writing it for him. And just the fact that he has an assistant to do that for him lets you know that he's at least cognitive enough to know uh, to get his assistant to do it for him. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, that it just speaks speaks to the control. I was just going to say that it just yeah. speaks to the control. And I don't think he's not watching and he's not on, I mean, what else does he have to do? He's, he's watching everybody and he's trying to get mm -hmm. everybody, you know, straight on, you know, the story. And I saw mm -hmm. some of the comments on his Facebook page and somebody was like, Oh, you went through that, um, Valley of, you know, whatever, I don't know, trial or it was, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, I'm like, really, really, you think that these women are going to come up here on a worldwide platform, mm -hmm. let their name be known as a mm -hmm. victim of abuse just to spread lies? Like, who would invite that into their lives on purpose? Yeah. To do That's that. Such, it's just the dumbest response. Like, they're lying to get fame. Nobody wants yeah. that shit. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that's what women do women lie 
according to him. Oh. They're deceptive. They're deceitful and they shouldn't be trusted. And you can't trust their decisions. I think they even touched it on that in the series where the, mm-hmm. the women were, were um, not to be trusted that it had to be a man's decision. And that's why the umbrella worked the way that it did because women were subject to their emotions and emotions are under, un, un, um, are not trustworthy. And so therefore women are not trustworthy because they are more based in their emotions. That is basic Gothard teaching. Don't trust the woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know what she's thinking. Her decisions are always suspect. Um, and I still struggle with that myself, making decisions. Like, is this the right decision? Maybe I shouldn't. Some, you know, I still have to have input from my important people. It's good to have wise mm-hmm. counselors to give mm-hmm. you input. But it goes beyond that. It almost goes to, I need permission from them to do what I think is the right decision. Like you need to tell me that this, that you think that what my decision is, is correct. And then I know that I can do it. It's bad. It's a bad. And I want so badly to be able to say, this is what it is. And sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't. And that's a work in progress, even 20 years later. Yeah. Because of being all that single, indoctrination. Being a single mom and having to make the decisions on your own was super hard because mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. doubt had to battle. And I'm like, you know what? Making the best decision I can. Hope it goes well. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it was just it. like that. You, you know. just have to wing it and hope that it, it, you know, that the situation can turn out for good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you doubted your decision-making for so long because you had to, go through the process of checking with your parents about what you Mm -hmm. thought, checking it through Mm -hmm. the Bible, checking it through Bill Gothard's teaching. So it's not like you were just doubting yourself. It's you had to like check your thought process through multiple layers Mm -hmm. for you to know that it was a good thought. And it was just constant struggle Mm -hmm. You know, is this, is this from the devil? Is this, you know, a temptation? Mm -hmm. Is this God's will? You know, and it's like, uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is some of this really that serious? Like some of the decisions, is it that I had to finally go, is it life or death? Then I think I can trust my gut. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I had to come to that point as well. Like this isn't life or death. It doesn't have to be. And my family, my family culture was also every decision was extremely belabored. It didn't matter if it was buying a couch or a fan Mm -hmm. at the store or buying a house. It was all extremely researched and always belabored and always took forever. And it couldn't be a snap decision or it was an unwise decision. And so I'm not one to make long decisions. I, I make quick decisions because you, and I think them out first, but I may not research them to the nth degree. And so that, that family culture fed into also that other with the having to have permission from so many people or run it past or even your pastor had to be on it too mm-hmm. sometimes. So you had, uh, you had four different authority figures. You had to go to four different umbrellas you had to do before you could make your own decision. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, uh-huh. let's just say, I think I may have won the parenting game because, wow, that is so messed up. They should mind their business in your life and let you control your own. And he's 12. Yes. Way to go, Mama. I think <laughs> I've won the parenting game. Yes, you have. <laughs> That's so awesome. Single woman and my parents still trying to dictate my life. I'm a 35-year-old woman. 
I'm an adult, leave me alone. And that happened on Monday. Good yes. for you. I'm adult, yes. leave me Good alone. Yes. You know, that happened to me as um coming out of uh coming out of a marriage too. So they thought they had I was now under my husband's umbrella, so they didn't have to worry about me making decisions. I was free to make my own decisions and I did. And then I got away from the abuse and then, oh, I'm suddenly without a protector. And so now I'm under, you know, parents authority, even though I didn't adhere to that, they did. And so suddenly it became, um, it became their job to help me with decisions. <laughs> and, and it, and it, I was no longer respected as an adult that could think because I wasn't married. And, and I, when I tell you just two months, I've been married two months. Okay. Since March. So, or three months, I don't know, somewhere around now, 10 weeks, something like that. Anyway, I lost count. Um, as soon as I got married, I could make my own decisions again. Oh. And it happened to me also just yeah. not too long ago. And suddenly they were gone. They were, they were poof. They weren't coming around anymore. They weren't asking questions. They weren't calling. They weren't you know, because I was taken care of. And so, or, and, and because now I was under him. And so that's not how our marriage works, but that's in my parents' mind. That's how it works. Right. You have someone to take mm -hmm. care of you so they don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So they don't have to make, to, I can make my own decisions now that I'm married. <laughs> well, they probably think your husband can make the decisions for you now that you're yes. married. And he doesn't think like that at all. Thank goodness. He knows, he knows he, he is, he is so awesome. But, um, but yeah. too. <laughs> the other so day and I'm 43 <laughs> and I've been a mom for eight years and I've been on my own since I was 20. So yeah. Right. Like they never mm -hmm. give up that control. Like they think no, they just have, they to... never, you can never become adult as a woman. You can never become an adult like to, yeah. That makes me irritated. Yeah, I mean, so I, I have boys, so, you know, I don't mm -hmm. think it would be any different if I had girls for me, but I have an 18-year-old now, and recently he got into a relationship that was long distance, and he was going to go visit her and drive his car to another state, and I'm going through all of these health issues, and, you know, I told, I told my my second son, you know, like we were talking about their childhood and I'm like, I couldn't leave y'all alone for a second. Like every time I took my eyes off of y'all, y'all did something stupid and, or got in trouble or did something wrong. It was like, I could not not watch y'all. And so I'm thinking like the whole time he's telling me he's going on this trip and I'm just thinking, I was praying, I was praying, God, please don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. And it wound up getting canceled. And I was like a big, huge sigh of relief. And then he said he still wanted to go. And I was like, but wait, wait, no. Okay. Where am I right now? Like I couldn't even drive like two days ago. Like I think I drove for the first time in weeks today, like for a 30 minute drive, like around the city to pick up my kid and bring him somewhere. And that's the most driving I've done in weeks. And I was like, if anything happens to you in Florida, there is nothing I can do to help you. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing left to give. I have no emotional support that I will be able to give you. I have no physical support I can give you. I can't drive to get you. I can't take off of work. I don't, we don't have the money to spend on gas. Like you're going to be stuck. <laughs> and 
And so he decided not to go. <laughs> and I was like, thank God. I was so glad he wasn't going. I was so worried about that. Oh, man. But at the end of the day, he's 18 and he can make his own decisions. So, mm -hmm. you know, he would have been stuck in Florida and if anything happened or he would have been on his own and, you know, you made that decision, you got to live with it kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, that was hard to not be like, yeah. no, you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> Her parenting is lovely, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, so. yes. Uh, so, but, you know, um. I think it's very important to teach your kids before they're 18 how to make decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have really tried to do with my kids is allow them to make bad decisions and then get the consequences for them. You know, um, it's not always easy to watch them fail. Mm -hmm. But uh... My favorite part of uh, Shiny Happy People was Amy King told her husband to just stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I saw another one. Oh, um, hi, Leslie. Real life consequences can sometimes be the best teachers or the yes. worst. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we have lots of those yeah. in our life. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is hot. Uh, all right. Well, we're at an hour. Is there anything in particular that y'all wanted to talk to before we go talk about before we go about shiny happy people? You want our like yeah. we didn't cover on it about or you wanted to say something about hmm. yeah. So um let's see. Uh when Dylan was complaining about how Michelle Duggar speaks, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Critical thinking. Oh, that's I, the, the thing's jumping, so <laughs> picked the wrong oh. one. Um, let's see. Did you guys see the IBLP is branding? Rebranding? Re re no. No, I didn't see that. They're rebranding. Um, oh, because that might get them out of the gutter. <laughs> oh. What are they rebranding with, I wonder? I don't know. The IBLP. The IBLP.org is still there. New Family Workshop Affirming Biblical Foundations. Um, the, here, I can share this with y'all. Let me... Um, oh, I forget what the heck I'm doing. Share. So are screen. they trying to distance themselves from this negative publicity in Gothard? Uh, By rebranding it? Want to be associated anymore? I wouldn't put it past them. Oh, here we go. All right. There it is. It's... So let me see. Does it, is it showing? Yeah. Okay. So I need to, I got to remember how to do this. It's been so long. <laughs> so this is IBLP.org. Um, so they still have the logo that's the same. I love this. Beware of false prophets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah. Character, Character sketches, sketches, volume just... four. Mm -hmm. So that, um, and then where was that? Oh, there it is. There it is. New family workshop, yeah. affirming uh, and big Sandy. 
Yep. August. Mm. In a month. Relational. Oh, you were reading. Oh, in yeah. Ontario. Uh, they've got it in Ontario, too. Let's relational see. Relational tensions. We experienced merely symptoms of deeper issue. We are, um, we got to get to the root. We've got to get to the root. Oh, that sounds familiar. That's straight out of the basic seminar. <laughs> Join us for a time of powerful message and rich fellowship. Canada. God's word. Ugh, I keep clicking things I shouldn't click. Yep. Hmm. I didn't realize oh, they were still gosh. reaching out to Canada, doing can stuff in Canada. Yeah. We have false prophets. <laughs> hmm, I wonder who they're labeling as the false prophets, the ones that are outing them? Probably. Probably. You know. Northwoods Family Conference. Do mm, they still do Northwood? Hmm. They still do Journey to the Heart. Mm. So and men and women. They're mm -hmm. men and ladies. Oh, Ugh, I would have puke. Oh, 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 sorry. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Family. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. We're done with that. Makes me want to puke. Stop sharing. All right. Uh huh. Let's see. Uh, no, leave Canada. <laughs> Canada alone. Canada alone. Amen. <laughs> Don't move it somewhere else just because it's cool. It's all done. Gone downhill here. Send me a link to what you found, what you saw, or whatever. I want to see it. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, huh, I, how convenient uh, that it were... came out the day before the docuseries did. <laughs> the irony, yes. <laughs> the irony, yeah. This is panic. I'm so sorry, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I feel you. Yeah, oh. not good. Oh, so I just want to say if any of the survivors that were on the docuseries or watching this podcast or listening to it, I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom mm -hmm. of our hearts for putting yourself out there and exposing your story and the vulnerability mm -hmm. that you shared with the world is just beyond encouraging and mm -hmm. we really deeply appreciate you and everything that you've done and also they have all been saying that if y'all want to see more of iblp exposed reach out to amazon let them mm -hmm. know tag them say we need more it's it's much more than what was presented we we need a deeper mm -hmm. dive I'll be honest with you. If I could find somebody that could help me with research, there is one topic that I really want to delve into because I think it goes deeper than just IBLP. And I think it may have a secular connection and I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to give away my, my thoughts here, but if there's anybody out there that wants to help me do some research because I have zero time, I would really appreciate it because I have this idea and I can't do anything with it because I don't have time. <laughs> oh, so um, I will on Facebook. There's a different website. Yes, please send it to me okay. on Facebook or whatever. Um, either the Umbrella Rebellion account or you can send it to uh, my personal account. I don't know if we're connected on Facebook. Um, Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you all for being here and listening to us rant and rat rattle off about this 
yeah. crazy docuseries. Ramble. Ramble. Oh, we definitely need more. Definitely. Need anything more. else you want to? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Michelle says that she'll help me. Um, I will definitely message you. Awesome. Ah, yay. <laughs> Got a little rebellion rebels behind me. Ready to help. I love it. Join uh, the rebellion. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So is there anything else you want to talk about, Marcy, about the docuseries or, or podcast or whatever? I think I've covered everything that popped up in my mind. <laughs> I might have more to say after I watched the last two episodes, but. Yeah, for sure. And I'm trying to work on a special guest appearance or two or three or four. I don't know. I'm trying to work on it. So um, I'm hoping like we can get that going in the next month or so. So mm -hmm. just uh, be looking out and I'm going to try when I have some time to edit some of the videos that we recorded way back in August of last year. Yes. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I have a really good one that I'm working on right now. And it's kind of like it's at the tail end of it. And then also my amazing 12 year old son did say that he was going to help me, but I have to train him on what to do. So you know, it, it, we're going to try to get back into this thing and get it moving again and hope that life settles down just a little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> into that. Uh. Oh, you can do research on maternity leave. When do you do, <laughs> Ashley? Oh, and uh, Sherry says, thank you for taking time out of your lives to connect with us. Survivors, conquerors. Yes, I, Ooh, love, I love that. that word. I love conquerors. that. Conquerors. I love it. Yes. yes. So on my TikTok, I don't know if y'all know we're on TikTok. Go check us out. Um, I, I don't post a whole lot on there, but I do want to get to the point where eventually we will be in three weeks, Ashley. Oh, it's getting close. All right. Oh, well, you're almost there. When, uh, after you've gotten, you know, through the first initial weeks of like no sleep, you know, give me a, give me a, uh, shout me a message or whatever. And, uh, I'll get you in on the, the research as well. Um, so what was I saying? Crap. TikTok. Hmm? On TikTok. Oh, TikTok. So I was saying that I wanted to have a new closing for our TikTok and I think I figured it out. So uh. I want to tell all of you. If you haven't heard it ever in your life or recently, I am proud of you and you have created the life that you have and it's amazing. So if you ever need a little bit of pick me up, just know I'm proud of you. All right, guys. Well, y'all have a great night and hopefully we will be able to do this more often. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>